The presented content does not provide or constitute medical, financial, or legal advice. The content is for information purposes only. Viewing or listening to the content does not constitute a physician-patient, dentist-patient, fiduciary-client, or attorney-client relationship. Welcome to Knowledgeable Aging. I'm your host, Jason Kotar. Joining us today to talk about income planning pre-retirement checklist is Jean-Viev Lenz. Jean-Viev is a duly licensed, integrated financial wealth advisor. She is currently one of the leading planners with the largest independent financial firm in the Mid-Atlantic First Financial Group. As an advocate for her business clients and a member of the National Association of Insurance and Financial Advisors, she has been educating the public since her role as Vice President and Financial Consultant at Charles Schwab in 2008. She is on the board of two small businesses, one in New York and one in Virginia. How are you doing today, Jean-Viev? I'm doing great, Jason. Thanks for having me again. Yes, I think this is our fourth time together. So we are, uh, you are providing wonderful information. But before we get started, Jean-Viev, so those that are joining us for the live webinar, um, in the, you'll see a control panel on your right-hand side. If you have any questions, type your questions in. Time permitting, we will do everything we can to get the questions answered. If we don't get your questions answered, because there's only so much you can get done, um, in, in 25 minutes, um, I will, Jean-Viev will provide her information at the end and you can go ahead and reach out to her directly. So Jean-Viev, I'm going to turn it over to you. Great. Thank you, Jason. Once again, thanks for having me today and welcome everyone to pre-retirement planning. Um, there's so much going on today in today's world. I thought, and Jason thought that it would be a great idea to give you some wisdom, some nuggets and some ideas on how you could get on the right track. I'm sure if you're not already wheeling from what's happened in the last 22 months, uh, that there's going to be more surprises ahead. So there's no time like the present to get started with your planning. So let's jump right into this. All right. So the pre-retirement planning reality is really all about having a plan, right? Today, we're going to talk about having a plan to take retirement risks off the table. So just like the picture shows, you want to grab a pen, you want to grab a, an iPad, a paper, whatever you have to take notes on today, now would be a good time to have that. Um, I also remember that somebody once told me that if you don't have a plan, if you don't know where you're going, then you're sure to fail. So that's the same thing with retirement. If you don't start documenting things, if you don't start planning some of these things out 5, 10, even 20 years prior, sometimes there's very little time to make changes after the fact. So everything today is meant to give you some thoughts. Uh, we're not going to go very into depth with everything because we just don't have the time, uh, but please do take notes. So what are some of the things that keep people up at night? Well, the biggest ones that I hear about from my clients and my friends are health, right? They see parents, they see grandparents aging, they see um, dementia, they see diabetes, they see poor health just costing their relatives a lot of money. So they're already concerned as they get older if it's going to cost them more, uh, much, much more in some cases, in retirement to live and support their healthcare needs. Another one is outliving their money. A lot of people have those concerns. You know, you get to your early to mid-60s and you're worried that you saved enough and you're worried that it might not be uh, as much as you need if you live into your mid to late 90s. Uh, retirement income, that's a huge one for people. A lot of people don't have multiple sources of retirement income. So we're going to talk a little bit of, about that today and the need for long-term care. We don't have time to jump into that today, but if that is a concern of yours, we have specialists, we have resources, and we're happy to share those with you. A um, couple other big things on the right-hand side, up in the blue, it says, when should you start taking Social Security? I want to make known 
to everyone that's listening today that it's a really important that you start just getting a copy of your statement. You know, you could be in your you know, 30s, 40s, or 50s and years away from taking Social Security, but just going to the ssa.gov website and downloading a copy of your statement and check it over. Make sure there's no mistakes in it. Make sure there's the working years that you've done and your salaries kind of line up with what they have on file. Because if you catch it two or three years before retirement and something was wrong 10, 20 years ago, it's going to be much harder to fix. So you should download your statement and take a look at that uh, before the end of the year. Make it a personal goal. Right? We're going to talk a bit about your income and your investments and how we can generate more income from your investments and how to do that. And we'll talk a little bit about healthcare costs, of course. So one of the things that I always, always recommend to individuals are taking a sheet of paper out, my husband and I do planning every January, and get a list of things that are important to you that you need to get done, right? Pre-retirement planning really starts with knowing what to plan for. And without a checklist, you don't know how many things should be on there. I made a little note for you today. I love this, this slide because it really talks about goals as your number one objective. You, you have to know when you'd like to retire, right? Is it 60? Is it 55? Is it 70? Maybe it's 75 because you own a business and you can't see yourself ever walking away from that business. But that really has to be your projection. How many years uh, away is it? And then you can start planning with that. Budget project projections are very, very important. Um, you got to know what you're budgeting for. So we'll talk a tiny bit about that in today's presentation as well. Tax planning, you're not already working with a great CPA that adds value, not even just filing your taxes annually, but actually giving you tax value during the year, bringing uh, valuable resources, information to you about different um, changes within the laws and changes that you need to be aware of. That's gonna be more important as you head towards retirement, if it isn't already. Uh, investment analysis, want to an, an, <laughs> analyze your investments for risk, and that's always apropos. Uh, especially sitting down with your advisor once a year, minimally, to do that. Um, sometimes mortgage planning uh, is also a good idea. I'm sure there's not a person on today's call that hasn't already refied to some of the low interest rates today. Um, and if you haven't, um, speaking to your mortgage broker or an advisor about that is, is a good idea. Um, elder care planning, we're not going to have time to get into that today, but there are specialists, once again, that I work with that know a litany more about that than myself, and I'm happy to share those resources with you if you have a relative or a spouse that needs some uh, further elder care planning. Estate planning is a big one. Uh, everyone on today's call, no matter where you are listening today, you should have an estate plan, and we'll talk about that, and then risk analysis. All right, so let's jump in to these in a little more detail. This is one of my favorite pictures. It's actually a photo of me and my father who uh, sold the business that he owned for over 45 years, sitting down and doing budget planning. And then you can see us in the library of, of the business and we're discussing, you know, what does he budget for food and groceries? You know, what does he budget now as someone that's working and owns a business and what might he be budgeting in retirement? And then the list goes on, right? Budgeting for healthcare costs. How is that gonna change once he, once he isn't employed, once he's not running a business? Now, how is he gonna cover the dental, vision, and healthcare costs? Uh, does he have long-term care covered, right? If he lives as long as his ancestors who all live into their mid-90s, then long-term care coverage is gonna be essential, uh, as well as possibly having uh, the right life insurance, right? So looking at the life insurance as something that's an asset, 
that can grow and, and pay you long-term care costs if you need it is essential. So we were taking a look at that uh, together. Uh, looking at your home cost expense, um, one of those things that pre-retirement and post-retirement look very different, you may downsize. You may not choose to live in a single family, luxurious, you know, four or five bedroom home. You might choose to live in a condo. You might choose to downsize to a, you know, a single level, two to three bedroom home. Uh, then also travel and leisure, that usually goes up in retirement years. So you're gonna have a general larger budget for those items. And then children or aging relatives, for many of us may also still be a concern. A lot of us have adult children that maybe move back into the house or you have an aging relative that didn't plan correctly and they need to move in with you uh, to save costs uh, because uh, long-term care costs are just outrageous. So some of those things that we planned together, uh, my father and I, but I also recommend that you drop these down. And if you don't already have an annual budget for these, that you start planning now so you have an idea what those costs are today and what they may be in your future retirement. One of the other really big things, and I think this is often forgotten, is assessing your pre-retirement risk as far as what would happen if you were forced into retirement much earlier than what your goal or your plan dictates. And I can give examples of people in their 50s, 54, 58, who all of a sudden you know, had a, had a very major uh, health uh, concern. Uh, one of them was cancer. I have another client who had a stroke and owned a business. And when those big life events happen, they're oftentimes unforeseen. Uh, you can't go back and check the boxes that you wish you checked. So taking a look at the biggest threat that you have, which is your permanent loss of income and that ability to save for retirement, that ability to put money in those retirement accounts and save and do all the things you should be doing is, is a major threat. So assessing what your employer offers you is, is gonna be number one on your list if you haven't thought about that. Uh, after budget and getting a budget, it's gonna be assess your employer benefits. Have you covered long-term disability? Have you covered short-term disability with your employer? Do you know how they work? Do you know how they're taxed if you had to go out pre-retirement? So big, big uh, concern, write that down if you haven't done so already. Okay, planning with your spouse and also with an advisor is also gonna be a very big key. It could be the difference between success and failure in retirement. And one of the big things that you're gonna to wanna to sit down and try to map out, and the closer you get to retirement, the more important this becomes, is how much your income will be derived from different sources. So we have a list here. Now the list here looks really daunting. It's not something that all of you have to have. Some of you might only have three or four of these items. Some of you might have seven or eight, um, but I wanted to list them all to give you an idea that the following sources um, are sometimes not guaranteed and sometimes guaranteed to actually uh, be a little risky, right? So Social Security, that's the top of the list. That's gonna be guaranteed. We don't know how much it's gonna be when you get there, but we know there'll be some form of Social Security. And it's likely that that form is probably gonna be less than 25% of your retirement income. Uh, defined pension plans are often uh, available to you, especially if you're working with government entities or large uh, corporations. Most of us are gonna have number three, which is traditional retirement accounts, uh, including the 401ks, the 403bs, and, and hopefully IRAs. There's also an opportunity, a big opportunity now, before law changes are enacted uh, in the next five to 10 years, to start looking at more advantageous saving for future income through Roth retirement. So if you don't know how to do that, if your advisor hasn't brought that up, now is a good time to jot that down. How much should you save in 
the deferred IRAs or 401ks and how much should you be saving in a Roth uh, or a regular uh, tax-free uh, vehicle. Now, that's going to be a session that we'll probably do in 2022, so stay tuned uh, for that if you need to have more information. There's also the benefit of having life insurance policies that can also create future income. So it depends on what type you have. It's certainly the ones with your employer aren't going to work. It's usually the individual ones that are structured properly. Uh, real estate, great opportunity, right? Great opportunity to jump in, maybe keep that home of your parents if, if you inherited a home or you inherited property or you're a business owner. You can go out and buy additional real estate uh, to have some real estate income in, in retirement. It's always a, a good idea. Also annuities, those are becoming very fashionable and they guarantee a certain site uh, kind of income to you, just like Social Security. Social Security is actually gonna be the biggest annuity that you have and you can also create some on your own outside of the one that the government's gonna send to you in the way of Social Security. Wages, a lot of people are working longer. They love their jobs, they love their company, they don't see themselves stepping down and quite a few people are working way past 70 uh, 75 and even into their 80s. There's also inheritance if you're lucky enough to get inheritance and also non-qualified deferred comp. So take a note of these. You might want to jot down the ones you have, the ones you don't have that you'd like to think more about and make that part of your 2022 plan. Okay, this is a really, really big one. So I haven't overwhelmed you already with all the things I'm throwing at you today. Please stop and take note of this. You must know your critical retirement dates and deadlines, right? These are going to be so much more important as soon as you hit like 59, I would say, because some things are, are penalized if you don't take them on time. So let's read this together. When you qualify for Medicare and what's the penalty if you don't enroll in time? Very few people understand that you have literally like a six month window. You have a window three months prior to turning 65 and you have a window after turning 65. If you don't enroll in Medicare at the right time, guess what? You're penalized. And you're not just penalized that year, you're penalized for every year after that that you're receiving Medicare benefits. So you want to engage with a Medicare specialist, right? Find out who those people are. Also, when you can claim your Social Security benefits, how can you get the most money? Well, it's by deferring Social Security past your full Social Security benefit age, right? So many people on the call, that's going to be 65, 66, or 67 depending on the year you were born. Guess what? If you defer it past that full retirement age, you get an 8% increase per year. What happens if you take it early? Well, you get an 8% per year hit, so you get less than your full retirement benefit. So wouldn't it be nice to figure out what that's going to be and how to maximize it? Full Social Security optimization uh, analysis are available. It's one of the things we do. And if you haven't had one or if you're close to retirement, make sure you get one of those done. Also, please avoid pulling out money out of your 401k, your IRA, prior to 59 and a half, because you will pay a 10% penalty for taking it out early. Now, in some cases, there's some waivers. You know, you can have a major healthcare concern. Uh, you could have a death in the family. There's, you know, six or seven reasons why you don't have to pay that penalty. But most of people just haven't saved the right way, and they all of a sudden they need an emergency, and they're taking money out of their retirement. So don't do it. It's going to cost you money. You put that there for retirement, let it stay there, let it grow. Okay. So on to the next page. If you haven't uh, already thought about some of these critical dates and deadlines, you can ask me a question at the end, um, but please take note. Um, we don't want you to get things wrong. We don't want you to pay penalties to the federal government. 
So here we have a very important one. And I mentioned going onto the Social Security website to get an estimate of what your future payment might be. You also want to estimate your healthcare expenses in retirement. Now, I realize this is a moving target. It's very, very hard to do, but you do have some ideas, right? You can look forward and say, how did my grandparents fare? How are my parents doing? Did they die early? Do they have diabetes? Does heart disease run in my family? Does cancer run in my family? Right? So taking a, an, a synopsis or a, just a, a wherewithal of knowing your family disease history and your family longevity is going to go a long way in predicting as to how you would be able to plan. I know those individuals like my father who work well into their 70s and even 80s uh, die in their 90s. So you know they worked longer because they know they're living longer. Therefore, during those working years, they were able to save more. That's not for everyone but at least it's something to be thinking about as you get older. What have you done not only to plan for future healthcare costs, but the increasing expense that healthcare is gonna cost you? So let me just give you a statistic here. One of the things I read recently, and it hasn't really changed much in the last year or two, is an individual that reaches 65 today, who's healthy, will spend somewhere above $285,000 in healthcare costs and long-term care costs if they're living past 85. So that's a 20-year span that you're gonna spend somewhere between a quarter million and probably half a million dollars just in healthcare alone, all right? So if you need long-term care and you're thinking your relatives uh, are using it and they need it and you're young, then it might be time to think about getting long-term care while you still have um, a buying opportunity, right? Nothing's gone wrong with your health, supposedly and you can actually jump into getting some reasonably cost um, pricing. Um, there's also a way to do um, life insurance and long-term care combined, which is a phenomenal idea because it means you win even if you don't use your long-term care, right? If, would it be great if you had something that would pay all that money that you paid into long-term care to your children or your heirs if you, for some reason, didn't need the long-term care? Well, those things do exist and you can plan for them. So write that down if that's a concern of yours and we can take that up later. All right, future income. So we're coming down to the last 10 minutes or so of today's presentation. Just wanna spend a little time on this because as you can see by this slide, the social security, you know, personal savings, it's really only gonna cover about 50% uh, of what you need in retirement. It's gonna cover maybe a little bit more for the boomers, right? They have a little higher social security check and they probably have a lot more um, you know, the Social Security, of course, is going to be a lot more because it, it's, it's just they paid into it and the structure of it is different. By the time the millennials get there, it's probably going to be about half of what a typical baby boomer would be getting in a Social Security check. So the reason for uh, future income planning around your investments is going to be really, really critical. So one of the things that you should also jot down today is how to protect your 401k, your 403b, and your IRA from volatility. Right, so it goes without saying that number one, you wanna contribute enough to earn the full employer match. Why would you ever turn down free money if your employer is gonna give you a match? But it doesn't always make sense to max it out, right? By you putting the maximum in there, that means you're not saving in other ways or other vehicles. So you wanna be aware of that and have that assessed by your advisor. Also adjusting your allocation. What just happened in the market recently? Well, we saw a wonderful market return this last year. You know, S&P 500, Russell 2000, all these investments are up, you know, some, in some cases 24, 25% or higher. 
So if you've written it up, you need to readjust it to reallocate it. So in case when the market comes down, you're not holding the bag when the market comes down 15, 20, maybe 25%, right? So we're gonna see ebbs and flows in the market. You need to adjust your allocation. And you wanna consider protecting some of your growth with an annuity, which we mentioned earlier. Well, what exactly is an annuity, right? This is the role that they play, right? They do very much what your social security or a pension check would do if you were receiving those, okay? Um, the, the idea of an annuity is actually getting your money and putting it in a vehicle that's gonna create a regular pension check for you, right? And you can do those things as early as in your 40s or even 50s by looking at your budget and your expenses and deciding, well, how much do I have to have in my bank account? Maybe that's $6,000 just to pay the minimum of expenses. So maybe it's a good idea to take a look at that 6,000 that you might have to pay towards food and travel and healthcare and get something that's guaranteed. What if Social Security only covers half of it? What if it only covers 3,000? Well, you're on the hook for the other 3,000. So you wanna make sure that you have another guaranteed method of income that's coming to you. And certain types of annuities can do that for you. Right, so here's another slide, and I like this because it kind of summarizes what we're talking here if this is not something you're familiar with. The bottom line of annuities is just like any other more guaranteed investment vehicle. They take risk out of retirement. They help with longevity. They definitely decrease investment risk. In many cases, you can participate in the, the full extent of the market, but have a 10 or 20% buffer from the downside. Uh, they also help you deal with inflation, which we're seeing a little bit of that now, right? Inflation or deflation risk. And it helps you from taking too much too early on. So if you are worried about out outliving your assets, they can set a steady paycheck for you up over 10, 15, 20 years. And here's some statistics about the current environment. So you might want to just take a look and see how you stack up. More U.S. households since the pandemic are starting to protect their um, income and their future income for their retirement with annuities. And this is a really big change. A lot of people weren't even thinking about this prior to uh, the pandemic that hit us early last year. Um, having a significant portion of those guaranteed expenses that you know you're gonna have covered by an annuity is probably a good idea. And still 60% of pre-retirees haven't even considered this or thought about this. They consider it something that the, the older population is doing, and that's true but lots of times you can protect retirement in your 40s and 50s by getting an early start. So we're getting out of that section and we're jumping into estate planning. I would love if I was in front of a live audience to have you raise your hand and say how many of you have an estate plan and have adjusted it. Well, here's a quick slide, just a few boxes on here to say, yes, I have a will. And yes, I have a living will, which means if you're still alive but you can't speak for yourself, somebody's going to take care of you. Somebody's going to give you all the care and answer the doctor's questions like you would by using your advanced healthcare directive in your living will. There's also a healthcare proxy that you should have as well. This is like your HIPAA instructions. Um, having insurance, we talked about that, right? Having the long-term care, life insurance that can help defray costs and certainly be there for your family to cover costs when you pass. And having a medical power and a financial power of attorney, very, very important. It's part of every estate plan that I recommend that clients get. And if you don't have an estate planning attorney or yours has retired or you're not sure who to speak to, I have a whole uh, list of professionals that are very, very good in this field. I'm happy to share those resources with you 
so that you can get this done, make it a 2022 goal for you because there's gonna be a lot of changes coming next year uh, in the state law. So you wanna get this done sooner rather than later. I don't care if you're in your 30s, 50s, 60s, or 70s, it's a, always a good time to get this reviewed and also get it uh, buttoned up with the law changes that are coming. So we're closing out today by saying, you control making your future a reality, right? We've already discussed so many things and I'm sorry we don't have more time and I'm sorry that I had to rush through this a little quicker than I would have liked, but there are so many things that you control now and I'm urging you, if you're a younger employee in your 40s, 50s, you're not thinking retirement, who is, right? You're thinking getting the kids to soccer practice or you're thinking, what are we gonna bring to mom and dad's for Thanksgiving? But you really hold the ace by saying, you know what, some of that Thanksgiving break or that Christmas break that's coming up, I'm gonna sit down with my spouse. I'm gonna sit down with my aging parents or my kids and I'm gonna map out some of the things that I heard today. And I'm maybe gonna go back and re-listen to this presentation because I missed a, a few nuggets and I wanna make sure that I have these things buttoned up. Are you supposed to get it all done in a few months or even one year? No, but it's something you methodically go back to year after year after year and make it part of your annual holiday planning. Maybe it's you know after Christmas, you take some time before New Year's, you sit down and you and take a couple hours and map some of these things out. Um, some of the following that you're gonna wanna map out is some of the things here on the screen. You know, Have you had the following in the last 12 months? You know, Have you had a retirement saving analysis? Yes or no? Have you had some income forecasting? If you're young, you probably don't need this, but if you're 55 and above, it would be a really good idea to start doing some income forecasting before you're you know, two, three years away from retirement. Uh, tax advantage asset positioning. That comes once again, working with your advisor and your estate planning attorney. That can only happen by engaging some professionals to make sure that you're not overpaying or worse yet, doing reverse tax planning, where you're gonna pay higher tax in retirement because you didn't put the money in the right places and you didn't plan properly, uh, and then you're paying higher taxes in your 70s. We mentioned earlier, the Social Security optimization planning does exist. Find a professional that does that for you. I have a team of experts that does that for me and my clients, right? Just getting a copy of your Social Security statement, sending it to them and saying, hey, would you please give me analysis on this? What's the optimal age that I should be taking Social Security so I can maximize that benefit? And then you also, if you're not already working with a CPA, want to think about tax efficiency planning with your CPA. Um, there's so much value that they can bring to your situation. And those people that work with an advisor and a CPA and an estate planning attorney, kind of like a triangle approach, they end up getting at least three to 5% more income on a monthly basis in retirement. And if you don't think that's huge, ask some of the people that haven't made the wisest decisions and didn't engage those individuals early early on. So it really, you know, it's about getting the right professionals. It's about taking stock of what you own and it's about saving. You know, the, the stock market and the market in general can only do so much for you. Uh, it's gonna help if you do the right things, but the rest is up to you and in how you plan. So if you have more questions, you can start planning with a complimentary one-on-one. -on -one. I know Jason has some questions. Hopefully you've tapped into the, the chat box, um, but here's my information if you would like to contact me for further uh, questions or personal support. Thanks again for joining me today. Javier, if you don't mind, if you could uh, spell out your phone number and your email address for those that will be listening later on our podcast, please. 
Sure, it's Genevieve or Genevieve, if you speak the English version of my French name. Uh, last name Lenz, L-E-N-Z. And my direct phone number is 571-375-8040. And I do have an email. It's my first name, Genevieve with the J, dot Lenz, L-E-N-Z, at ffgadvisors.com. A couple questions have come in. Uh, you had mentioned you and your husband sit down every January. Is there a reason, are you strategic with that review um, with your husband? Uh, yeah, very much so. We've been doing this since uh, we first got married and he accuses me of being too businesslike in those meetings. But I get out the big you know, whiteboard and we'll start writing just random goals, right? First it was you know, buy another house or you know, send the kids to private preschool and whatever the annual goals are. And then we start looking a little further down the pike. We'll do one-year goals, we'll do five-year goals, and then we'll have a section for long-term goal planning, right? So that's where the retirement comes in, or that means, oh, maybe we should be putting money towards uh, buying investment in a, in a state that we want to retire to. So you've got multiple subsets of goals in that planning. Once again, it's one year, five year, and then I do long-term planning for my spouse and I. Does that answer yeah. the question? It does, yeah. Uh you had mentioned that in 2022, there's going to be some changes coming. So how often should somebody, if they have a financial advisor, should they be sitting down with this professional, or as you mentioned, the triangle, these series of professionals when it comes to whether it's pre-retirement or post-retirement? So minimally once a year. And a lot of what determines how frequently you're going to sit down with that, those individuals is what's going on in your life, right? If you're having major life changes, uh, if there's a birth, a marriage, uh, a death, a job change, a change of real estate, you know, you move to another state for another job, those are all excellent reasons to sit down with them because that means that there's money or opportunities in motion uh, and things need to be reviewed, right? In, in some cases, um, your CPA might be the first person, in some cases it's the advisor, but regardless of who you contact first, uh, generally, they should be bringing in your other advisors into those conversations when you've had a, a major life change. Yeah, I was going to ask you, Jean-Vierre, so what does that communication with those three professionals look like? Is it something that you would recommend that your client takes care of, or how does that look? Well, it can look a variety of different ways, actually. So most of the time, I will ask as an advisor, when I see something that might need some tax support, I will ask my client to put me in touch with their tax accountant. Uh, and usually that means they're sending an email and connecting us together. And that means then we're setting up an uh, a actual virtual conversation or a webinar meeting where the client, the CPA or accountant and myself is on that call. Sometimes it's not tax related and sometimes it's more estate planning related. And so then we're reaching out to an estate planning attorney. And once again, we're having a, a three-way conversation. Um, so it can start with any of those individuals. Lots of times it does start with me as the financial advisor because I have a big picture view, kind of like your GP, right, your general practitioner. I can kind of see when those other partners are needed. And I can also tell if you have a partner that's not been doing due diligence to recommend that maybe there's a change, and maybe a new accountant, or maybe somebody else that is going to do a little bit better job on the estate planning field, especially if you're, you've got old documents, things that you haven't looked at in 10 15, 20 years, it's definitely time for review and, and one of those um, advisor, I would say conglomerate meetings. 
Very good. Well, thank you again, Jean-Viv. I'm looking forward to our next webinar in early 2022. As far as Knowledgeable Aging, you can go to our website, knowledgeableaging.com, and see all of our upcoming and archive webinars. Go to YouTube, type in Knowledgeable Aging, and subscribe. We update that several times per month. If podcasts are your thing, you can go to Apple Tunes, Spotify, etc. Till next time, I'm your host, Jason Kotar. This is Knowledgeable Aging.